0: Good morning, it's Sunday the 29th of March, it's time for church and I'm sitting at home like so many of you, like millions of people all over the world. We won't be holding a church service today in our normal building and in the normal way but I'm still going to try and share some thoughts on this week's lectionary reading. It doesn't feel like a sermon because I can't see you and you can't see me and That's a bit strange. Anyway, we're going to do it. So let me read the reading. It's the reading from John 11, and it's verses 1 to 45, and it's the story of Lazarus. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent a message to Jesus, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. Rather, it will be an occasion to show God's glory. Accordingly, though Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, after having heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this he said to his disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Judeans were just now trying to stone you. Are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? Those who walk during the day do not stumble, because they see the light of this world. But those who walk at night, they stumble, because the light is not in them. For your sake, I am glad I was not there, so that you now may believe, but let us go to him. Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away. And many of the Judeans had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha had heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Uh, uh, But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. When she had said this she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately the teacher is here and he's calling for you. And when she heard it she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come to the village but was still at the place where Martha had met him. The Judeans who were with her in the house consoling her saw Mary get up and quickly go out. They followed her because they thought she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came to where Jesus was she saw him. She knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Judeans who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Sir, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Judeans said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could he not, could he not who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus again, greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a, ga- a cave and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he's been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, The dead man came out. His hands and feet were bound with strips of cloth and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Many of the Judeans, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. For the word of God in Scripture for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. Okay, what should we do with this extraordinary story? Well, one way to deal with it, and this is the way people often do with these kinds of stories, is to ask, is it true? Did it actually happen? Which only leaves us with two possible answers. One is, well, it can't be true, no one comes back to life, no one can raise somebody back to life, so therefore it can't be true. The other one is to say, well, generally it's impossible, but God can do anything. And that's okay as far as it goes, but then, well, why doesn't God do it more often? Why was this special sign enacted, but never again afterwards? Why are the people I love not raised. It leaves us with all kinds of problems. Another way of approaching the story is to say, well, why is this story here? There were so many stories of the life of Jesus, and one of the Gospels tells us that they couldn't all be written in the book, so obviously certain stories were chosen. Why is this one here? Well, one of them is that the people of the near Middle East at this time understood the world quite differently than we do so they saw the world as a place full of wonders and mysteries that could not be explained that would that were the actions of the gods uh, or or god um for those judeans who believed in only one god and that the that miraculous signs were a, a sign that a teacher was a real teacher So if you were going to start on a career as a, as a wandering teacher, as a, as a wandering philosopher, you needed to be able to prove that you were, were, were real, you had your bona fides, and that was miraculous story. So in one sense, this story is here to sort of legitimize who Jesus was. But in another sense, the Gospel of John, like all the Gospels, is, is a, a, story about how to be a disciple it's a text about how to have faith how to keep faith and how to grow faith it was written for a particular community at a particular time it's not like an instruction manual in it although it does have some clear instructions in the gospels like when you pray do this and don't do that but it's much broader than that it's more storytelling a little bit like we understand uh, some of the indigenous stories of Australia. That is, they're not straightforward stories, but if you, if we were to understand uh, the long history uh, of these stories as indigenous people tell them, we would understand that they are telling us stories about geography, about the ways of animals and plants, and about the ways of surviving and thriving. Uh, in the landscape uh, but they're not straightforward in that way so in one sense you could read the Gospels like that and this particular Gospel, the Gospel of John is a Gospel of more a Gospel of abundance a Gospel of expansion uh, by the time this Gospel was written it's the last of the four Gospels as we understand it there's this extraordinary um, explosion of experience of Jesus as uh, more than a human being and a teacher uh, who co- who claimed to be more and and had to be in touch with god in a in a way that people didn 't experience for themselves but that he was doing more than that and this whole gospel kind of has that feeling about it for example this first story in G- in john 's gospel you remember the story is where jesus turns water into wine at a wedding and he doesn't just turn water into wine but he turns it into wine that is far more than the people at the wedding could possibly need and he turns it into not only wine but the best wine that was available at that wedding when he heals a blind man he doesn't just heal a blind man but he heals a blind man who was blind from birth When he heals someone who's crippled, they've been crippled for 38 years and given the lifespan at the time, essentially, they've been crippled for their whole life. And here in this story, he doesn't just raise a dead man, but he raises a a man who's been dead for four days. And in the Jewish worldview once uh, 3 days had passed the spirit of a person re- remains present around the body and around the death site until the 4th day and then is gone so a person is really dead in this world view so he doesn't just raise the dead man but one who's really dead so in some ways we see this as, a, as an expanding out all the times of Jesus constantly uh, inviting people into an abundant world. Uh, I have come to bring life, Jesus says, I, but I've come to bring it in all its abundance, much bigger and beyond than we've experienced it. All right, so with that as a background, one of the obvious things that we can tell in this story is that it's, it's in a sense a rehearsal for the resurrection of jesus it 's hard to miss because anyone who 's read further as all of us have and as all of us will during the Easter period, uh, we see the the story kind of echoed so why do we need that? Well, I think it. it I mean, there's lots of, of reasons of course but but one of them I think goes back to this idea of the the gospel constantly being about abundance that the life that Jesus is bringing into the into the community is, is bigger and more expansive than people ever expected. And in this story Lazarus is restored to his community. Now that's really important because what we know in the story the, the, all that the story tells us is that there are three it appears three people who live together, two sisters and their brother. Now we don't know why there are no husbands or wives mentioned in the story. It may well be that both um, Mary and Martha had been widowed uh, and in Jewish culture they needed to be under the protection of a man uh, and if it was not going to be their husbands um, then it, it was going to be their brother. So he was essential not only for his own life but for their life. So without... Lazarus, not only his death was his life ended, but in every cultural way possible, their lives were ended too. So in the raising of Lazarus, the raising of Lazarus gives life not only to Lazarus, but to his whole family, his whole community, his whole small world. And he, he it allows for Mary and Martha to continue living rather than being in 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 every sense in their culture to be dead so it's really it's a, it's a it's a, a restoration of his small community now one way of reading the the resurrection of jesus is this expansion that whereas the lazarus story is the resurrection of a community and the restoration of a community in the resurrection story of jesus it's the restoration of all of life It's the recreation of the whole of of broken community. The the gap between uh, each other and between ourselves and the divine, that's what is healed and restored in the resurrection. So Jesus is opening this up. This is perhaps what Jesus meant in these strange verses when Jesus is talking to the sisters and says, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me, in me will never die. Do you believe this? Well, I know. I mean, how do we believe that? Because we know amongst the very certain things that can happen, that will happen to us, is that we will die. And at this very moment, the reason I'm talking to you on this recording, the reason that millions of us are locked in our homes... I's because of this very thing, we know that if we aren't able to control or to as they say, to flatten the curve on the coronavirus, that more people will die sooner than they would without the virus, and that 's frightening to us. we don 't want that to happen, and we want to be as a community safe with each other. So we don 't believe that we will never die. So what is Jesus talking about? Well, one way of understanding it, and, and this this can be picked up a lot in this particular gospel, in the gospel of John, is that Jesus' understanding of death is not the physical death of the body and the and the ending of life, but is the. It's the separation from God that that's that that's true death in this gospel. And, and John is often seen as a very mystical gospel. It's, it's, it's difficult to pin it down as simply straightforward, uh, left and right, uh, life and death, light and dark. There's, there's a great deal of mystery in it. And one of these ideas is that, that it seems that Jesus understands death as separation from God and that, uh, that uh, just as uh, when Lazarus died, that was the end of community and cultural life for Mary and Martha because they n- no longer had the covering of a man in that culture. Just as that's true, um, the whole experience of uh, of Jesus' death and resurrection is the, the, the experience of bringing life into the world in a way that's never been seen before, it's never been experienced this way before. So anything that separates us from God is real death. But that those who trust, those who understand the reality of the world as it really is, can see that there is never going to be a separation from God. This is what Paul writes, much earlier than, as we understand it, than the Gospel of John, where Paul says, "Death will not be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus." He says that in in, in the book in the letter to the Romans. His understanding was that 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 and he is talking about physical death, that nothing will be able to separate us, not even the moment when we stop breathing. So it's this extraordinary experience that Jesus seems to be having. So when he says, uh, I am the resurrection of life, in other words, God, I am the word for God, I am the resurrection and the life. So God is constantly the life of the universe. Those who trust in me, even though they die, i.e. even though they physically die, will go on living because nothing can separate us from God. And those who live and trust in this universal knowledge of the way God is in the world will never die. Do you believe this? Well, yes, that... That I can believe, that I can touch and experience. That's the experience that I have. And the experience I want to be having at this moment, uh, uh, I mean, there's perhaps uh, in my life, um, having been born well after the end of the Second World War, uh, I've never had an experience like this in my life, an experience where the world seems to be... uh, off its kilter and nothing can be, sh- can be sure and even though there's an enormous amount of information around none of it is certain because we've never been here before so what can you trust? well the story of the Gospel of John is the story of an opening up of the world an abundance of the world an abundance of life so that even death can't keep Lazarus down and that's the sign that even death can't keep Jesus down and even death can't keep any of us down that even in this moment when some of us can feel quite separated from each other God is alive within us God is alive within the world and we are always and forever alive in God okay I think that's it I'm going to put some notes on this uh, in our newsletter that's going out to the congregation. Those of you who are members of the Clayton Wesley congregation who are listening to this, um, that will go out this week and um, some thoughts on next week's uh, reading. Um, And we'll do this all again in a week's time and in another week after that and for as long as we need to, to stay in touch with each other. And say a prayer. God, in every moment of uncertainty, every moment when we aren't sure what to believe and what not to believe, in every moment you are with us. You are with us when we are anxious. You are with us when we are disappointed. You are with us when we are in pain. None of these things alter your love for us, your presence with us. You are with us now. You are with us individually. And even though we're not together, you are with us collectively as one dispersed community across the world. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen.